Hola amigo and welcome to For the Love of Beer podcast. I am Phil Savory joined as always by my bueno amigo, buenos amigo, might not be, that might not be how you say it, uh, Mark Carly Johnson. Uh, buon dia and boa day to you, hello. Hello. Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. Um, new episode, new beer. We are heading to Central America. Um, hence the faint um, jaunty sounds in the background that you can hear trying to create that Central American Latino feel we're going to El Salvador what's the beer? smallest country in Central America yes so this uh, the El Salvador beer that we have is Pilsner of El Salvador yes couldn't get any more simple than that really could it? no um it's come from the United States of America, I believe, via a good friend of the show. Um, and here we have it. It's one of those I didn't think we were going to manage to get hold of, but it's a brown bottle, 330ml, standard. It's one of a cluster of beers that um, that are readily available in the States, but very hard to export, because a lot of the places that sell it won't legally export it out. So having that problem with a few beers. But yeah, we was lucky that a um, uh, friend of the show... Yeah. I tell you what, we owe Matt a lot for some of these beers lately. He's been really, really coming through for us, hasn't he? He certainly has, yeah. I have offered him monetary value as well, but he, he doesn't want to take it. I mean, we have some, um, supplied him with pretty similar value of beers. I mean, the likes of Iceland cost me a fucking fortune. <laughs> but, you know, what goes around comes around. We've both done well out of it, and we're cracking along with the map. So I yeah. think we should crack along with the beer without further Let's ado. Let's just get straight into it. Yeah, it's a 330ml bottle. Uh, what's the percentage on it? I don't know, that's what I was just looking for. Can't see anything on there. <laughs> I've no idea. Absolutely um, no idea. It's, um, I'm not sure what the significance is, but a lot of the design is based around like a um, deck of cards. So it's like the Ace of Hearts. You even have like an, uh, an Ace and a Heart on the actual bottle cap. And even on the label, it says Pilsner, but you have like this Ace and then the Heart underneath. Um, Quite a pretty bottle, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice and it looks fairly, again, looks fairly classic in that it's not been messed with a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like, the design's probably stayed the same throughout the years. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking online now and I can't actually find what the percentage is. So I've no idea. I shall keep searching them. Yeah, um, originates in 1906. It smells um, nice. Yeah, I still, I can't see anything on there, so... 4.6%. Yeah. 4.6. According to the internet of things. Hmm. So. Oh, and I lied about the size of the bottle. Ooh, it's, I like that. It's 355 mil. Yes, it is. Have you had a taste? I have, yeah. What do you think? It's a good, it's a good working man's beer. I am a big fan. But this episode is a special episode. Uh, maybe not for you, the listener. But uh, not only do we have... Um, Pilsner of El Salvador, the beer, but um, we've also lovingly prepared an El Sal- a Salvadorian delicacy, which is uh, which is called a papusa, which is like um, how would you describe it, Mark? Uh, it's a bit like pancake, but with a filling. And my original thought was it's like a um, what's the folded pizza? Oh, a calzone. Yeah, one of them. Mm. Like one of them, really. Um, so we've, imagine, had, we've had a first taste already. Yeah, so what I did was I, I took some um, pork belly, fried that off, and then blended it with 
some peppers, onions, tomatoes. Um, it sounds like Ainsley Harriet. Into like a paste. A bit of Susie salt, a bit of Percy pepper. Yeah. Um, and then made like, used like flour and water and made like a dough and then created like um, sort of discs. Then you put in like the paste and some cheese in and then you kind of fold it all in itself, push it down into like a, um, a disc, throw it off on the hob for a, for a couple of minutes on each side. We've got better at doing that. We've gone along though. I it got slicker, yeah. The first one was a bit ropey, but it, over time it has steadily improved. In hindsight, what we should have probably done is use the bigger pan. We could have done three at a time. Yeah, but I used the bigger pan for the poor curl. I didn't properly clean it out. Ah, uh, right. Well, I'm just looking into Pilsner of El Salvador on uh, ratebeer.com and it's just thrown me out because I've not got a login. Wonderful timing. There we go. Right, so AB InBev. It's got some really bad reviews on it. People seem to think it's shit, so the overall rating is a 2 out of 5. Really? Yeah. Poor rating, really poor. Um, yeah, it's... The cool thing about it for me is it's a Pilsner for, you know, quite obvious reasons, is why it's called that. So it's our favourite type. Oh, I love it. I'm and really according to like that, it. it's only 0.1 off of your sweet spot alcohol mm. percentage. Exactly, yeah. Mmm. I like it. It's a, you say, it's a good... My first sort of thoughts on it, it's one of those good sort of after a day's work type beers, do you know what I mean? Do you reckon it goes well with the pupusa? So you'd be sitting in a bar in... I, I've sit In my very, very light research that I did, um, I saw um, people in like a, a, a restaurant serving pupusas and people drinking Pilsner with it, so well, this, the two seem to go hand in hand. So it's like we're almost native this evening. And... Almost, yeah. Although I think, um, I watched a video, because I watched a video where it's, they have, um, to show how they made them, and they did another video where they basically took three um, grandmas from Salvador, um, or abuel uh, abuelas, as they call her, abuelita, grandma in, um, in Spanish. Uh, and they basically had to make their own pupusas and they had to taste each other's without knowing whose was whose and then rate them. A bit like come dine with me, but without actually going around to the houses. Yeah. And uh, that's how I kind of learned a bit about the pupusa anyway. But you can make, you can have different fillings. Um, you get like meat ones, non-meat ones. They make like a coleslaw thing called a curtido, which is like, um, which I was going to make to go with it, um, which is a combination of like cabbage, carrot, and onion and it's sort of kind of pickled overnight and you kind of just slice it down mix it all together with a bit of um, water and salt whatever and then you kind of pickle it and then we realize that neither of us like coleslaw neither of us like coleslaw I mean, it's not <laughs> totally like coleslaw but but yeah neither of us like coleslaw and um and my wife fucked it up by basically um using the cabbage um a couple of days ago um, which i hadn't realized at the time so thank you Anna. it's just the <laughs> just the pupusas um yeah, I, no, this is a solid beer. I don't get the whole two out of five thing. I, I think this is... I like it. It's good. It's unpretentious. It's, it's like I say, it's just a, a good bog-standard Pilsner. It's perfectly decent. So, El Salvador. It's the smallest country in Central America. Uh, so, smallest country in Central America. Um, it has only seven million people inhabiting there. So, what's that like? How many people live in London? A couple of million, two, three, is it? Well, it's 70 mil in this country, in the UK. So it's like so a it's tenth. tenth. It's a tenth of the size of this country. So there we go. So, so it's a small country. 
So maybe it's like a, a Wales of Central America, isn't it? That's probably quite a similar comparison, I yeah. imagine. Um, I wonder if there's more sheep than people in El Salvador. I doubt it. Um, only country in Central America without a Caribbean coastline. Um, El Salvador weather is tropical. Rainy season from May to October. And the dry season is from November to April. So you don't want to be going there sort of now for your summer holiday because you're going to get pissed wet through. So it's no fun really, is it? No, not at all. Gained independence from Spain in 1821. So Spain gave it back to the people much earlier than we sort of gave countries back to their people. Um, 64% of the population live in urban areas. Third largest economy in Central America behind Costa Rica and Panama, even though it's a really small country. It's punching well above its weight. And well, despite this, 19% of the population lives on less than $1.25 per day. So it's a bit like Cuba, isn't it? Really low cost of living. Yeah. But they're all happy. You know, um, how, guess how much your um, monthly water bill would be if you lived in El Salvador? I'm guessing it's nowhere near the £35 a month that I pay at the moment. Is that how much you're paying? Yeah. I'm paying more than that. The worst thing I ever did was, when I moved, we bought this house, sorry, listen, just indulge me for a second. It was on a, it was on a, um, it wasn't on a, on a metre. You pay so a month. We paid a flat rate a month. And it was 50 quid. fucking con. And I thought, you know, paying 50 quid a month on water, would be way less than a metre. So we were like, yeah, we'll get a metre. So we got the metre. It was cheaper to begin with. And then we had... Then we had kids, and that's a game changer because you're, you're running baths every night. Constant, you're constantly using water, and that just totally fucked it. So now we're paying like you know, 60 quid a month for water. That's pathetic, isn't it? Yeah. We were on about £30 a month when we lived here in Middlewich, but then since we moved to Nantwich, and Holly got one of them pool things outside, yeah. filling it every sort of week or two. Like last summer, we were knocking out about 60 quid a month. And then they just whack it up thinking, you know, like you're spending shitloads. Mm. Um, and then I had the bill for it yesterday and it tells you you're flushing the toilet like 40 times a day or something according to my bill. Like, I just don't understand where they get the, the theory from that you're using so much. Why would people want to go to a meter? I, 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 Unless but, they're bullshitting about it. Yeah, I, I made a huge mistake with it, but I wouldn't have another one. So anyway, so in El Salvador, mm. how much do you think your monthly water bill would be? Just well, for the average person. Considering they live on one dollar twenty-five a day, you've got to be talking pence. Three dollars per month. Three US dollars a month for water. That's much more like what a water bill should be like. But things like electricity and their like, you know, the food shop, broadband, is all pretty similar price to us. But for whatever reason. The water is dirt cheap. I wonder if they've got Jeremy Corbyn in charge. <laughs> no, I can't remember who the guy they have in charge. In fact, the guy they have in charge, this is interesting, we have to probably skate carefully around this, but did you know that there is a huge Palestinian population in El Salvador? Is there really? Yes. That's very topical. If I take, yeah, I know. If I take you back to the early 1900s, towards the back end of the Ottoman Empire, who were people, not the storage things that you put your blankets in. Obviously. Um, although imagine being ruled by by those. That would be <laughs> unusual. Anyway, so 
Um, yeah, so tail of the Ottoman Empire, um, a lot of poverty going around um, in Palestine as it was then. So a lot of them emigrated um, over and ended up in uh, landing in El Salvador. And generations now, you know, we're about three, four generations in, all embedded into the culture and the way of life, Spanish speaking, etc. Um, so they're kind of part of the furniture, really. Um, uh, albeit not, not entirely smoothly, because I think um, to begin with, they had a lot come in and then they kind of had a bit of a, a backlash against it and then they put in rules in place that like strong anti-immigration type stuff basically to stop anyone sort of um uh, anyone of any sort of different ethnicity whether it be you know from arabic countries african countries um other like caribbean countries whatever basically just just put a stop to it but what from immigrating yeah, yeah from from coming in basically that's what nigel farage wants to do here so so they yeah, tried they tried to ukip their way out of it but um but you know in ultimately i think the last couple of prime ministers or presidents they've had have been um, of Palestinian origin. And there's actually more Palestinians living in El Salvador than there are in Bethlehem. Is there really? Yeah. 100,000 or something like that. How's that work? It's just, it's just because, obviously, they've left... A lot of them have been forced out of what would now be sort of the Israeli areas on that piece of land. So it's kind of become a bit, you know, we don't get into all that, but... Mm. I don't know much about El Salvador. I mean, apart from this Pilsner. Seems a... I mean, do people visit there? Well, I mean, I I think it's... As a holiday destination, I think it's slightly iffy. Because, on the one hand, the weather's really nice. Food's good, obviously, by the... As we can tell by the pupusas. Yeah. The beer's good. Well, as it says here, tourism is actually the fastest growing sector in their economy. But, it depends on where you go. Because a lot of the the problems, they have one of the one of the highest crime rates, not the right word, murder rates of any country. So you've got like a one in a thousand, something like one in a thousand year odds of getting shot in El Salvador. And you know one of the most dangerous professions in El Salvador? Dentist. No. Public transport. Is it? So bus drivers, bus drivers, train drivers, etc. Um, That's uh, me dead then, isn't it? On, a, on average, <laughs> on average, you've got more risk of being murdered if you're a bus driver or a train driver than you were if you were a, a copper, if you're a policeman. Why? For what reason? Why did they beat? I don't. I don't know truck? why. I don't know why they take it out on bus drivers. But those these things like gang violence and and all this sort of stuff. They're out there on the front because, line. Because yeah, because back in sort of the you know um, like Scarface days, you know, like the eighties and stuff with cocaine and drugs and things like that, it all goes from like Colombia, it goes through the Caribbean and then comes into the US via Florida. Whereas nowadays, more of it comes through Central America, and it's kind of like a bottleneck where it comes up where you've got El Salvador, I think on the left, as you look at it on a map, and then Honduras next to it, which we'll get to later, I'm sure. Um, so it all comes through there. So that's where you get things like the, the drug you know, gang culture and all of that, and you have these sort of street gangs and they have different names and things, and they all have tattoos, and they all have kind of like tribal sort of warfare and stuff. And people sort of get caught up in that. Well, sort of talking of... Buses and drivers and transport workers. Have you seen anything about the chicken buses? 
in El Salvador? I have not. Well, you're in for a treat, my friend, because Come. you go around the corner here and you've got like just boring blue or red buses, haven't you? Nothing to it. You get on a bus, you overpay for the journey that you're about to make. Buses are really expensive here, but they're not in El Salvador. You can get on a chicken bus. I don't know whether you're meant to play chicken with it or what. Does it look like a... What does it look like? It looks crazy. Oh, wow. Yes. It's a bit like... Hey, do you remember? Look um, at them. They don't have specific liveries. They're just like... Just covered in just colour. What was the country? It was an African country with the jazzy coffins. Oh, yes. I remember that. Is that Ghana? It must have been somewhere like that. Do you have a beer from Ghana? It was an African country. I think we've done Ghana, yeah. It's like the buses are like that, where they're basically just really like jazzed up with all crazy sort of different patterns. No bus, no two buses look the same. This one's got a roof rack. That's amazing. Isn't it just? I will save that picture to share with the listeners. Love that. Beautiful. And apparently they cost around one dollar per hour to ride on. How good is that? I mean, it uh, 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 probably doesn't surprise me they're cheap considering the chances chances are at some point on the route the driver's going to get shot. And here's the inside of one. Basically, sorry for the listening, it's covered in graffiti. It must be probably 50 years old, I'd imagine. It looks a lot better on the outside than it does on the inside. There's quite clearly no air conditioning in there, apart from the windows. It looks sort of like hell, really, to be quite honest with you. Um, but it looks fun, mm. and it's only $1.00 to ride it for an hour wherever you're going. Did you watch Race Across the World? No. No, right, well. I've heard of it though. So that conversation ended. I've, I've heard of it. I'm pretty sure they went somewhere around El Salvador because they started it was Guatemala, I think, or somewhere like that, and they had to basically go right down the continent. This was the second series. Um, I shall look into it a bit more, we shall come back to that, but they were basically, they were backpacking and they were given a same budget for a flight. They, right, I'll start again. So they're working in pairs. <laughs> explain so, so, for, so so explain me, for, yeah, but I don't know, so I don't know what race around the world is, explain it to me. Right, so forth. me and you, we're in a pair, going for the BBC, we're to fly from north to the far bottom end of South America, wherever it might be, basically you... You're travelling the whole continent on the price it will cost for a, a flight. So you're given that money. So you're not allowed to fly. You're not allowed to fly. But no. you get given the budget for a flight. Yeah. To get so yourself there. They'll give you that in cash at the start in whatever country it is. And then it's up to you to work your way down to wherever this destination is. But you don't know in the meantime where you're going to be going. So they'll say, like, your next destination is. It can be, say, like a thousand miles away or something. So you've got to find a way of getting there. But they'll sort of zigzag you across the continent as you're going. Mm. I think, there's, say there was five episodes or something like that, you'll go to a different destination on each one. So basically, they're either backpacking... or well, they don't really do that until the end because then they're running out of money. But a lot of them will be travelling on buses like this in absolute hell conditions, getting to wherever they need to go. And... So what's the prize at the end, sorry? What did they win? Um, I think they win a cash prize. But the guys that won it last time were these two lads from Birmingham. And one of them, I think it was a, an uncle and his nephew. And I'm pretty sure the nephew donated all of his money to a charity that 
that was looking, or it might have been half of it, charity that was looking after kids that were homeless in, it might have been Argentina or something like that, wherever okay. it was that they travelled through. That sounds nice. Because he came across these kids that were homeless. And obviously, these, while they're on the journey, they're eating fuck all anyway because they yeah. can't afford it. Because all that comes out of your budget as well. All your hotels and your food. food, everything is out of the budget. And it'll take like a month for them to do it. And it's a race as well. So the one that gets there, you know, the final first. destination first wins. Um, basically, if you're going to do it, you need to be hitchhiking. Would you want to do that? I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. It would to be good, it. actually. Yeah. I think, I'd I think we'd that. have a right laugh. I really do. Yeah. Um, race across the world. Um, we'd obviously ideally want it to want the BBC to incorporate countries where we haven't drank beers from. But that's exactly what the second season was. It quite literally went through all the countries that we still need. Oh, bollocks. I know. And on some of the episodes, they were actually drinking the beers that we need. It's frustrating. Right? I don't think I want to watch it now. It's worth watching, so... I think it just pissed me off. It finished, the seriously finished in Ushuaia, Argentina. Um, started in Mexico City, so they went Mexico City to Ushuaia. But the most suddenly city in the world, and at the end of it, they had to go up this massive hill, and they got lifts up there and all sorts of stuff. It was really good, it's definitely worth watching, for the listener as well. I mean, I've not explained it very well, but... If you feel like getting involved with some of the beers, and getting yourself in the mood for it, Go for it. Mm-hmm. We could have probably learned some stuff about El Salvador as well from it. We could have. Honest with you, but I couldn't be bothered, so there you go. I mean, again, at this point, as the beers get... I'm finding as the beers get tougher to get, um, it's because the beers are brewed in the country. So what's good about this is that the beers we're drinking are authentic to the countries. There's not there's not as much things like... Although this one's... Do you say this one's owned by InBev? It is an InBev brewery, yeah. So we're getting a lot less of that, aren't we? Because it was getting to a point where, in the early days, a lot of the beers we were doing were like an InBev, um, Heineken, you know, these sorts of breweries that sort of ended up getting their hands on it. Um, Barbecue beer? I'd say so. I'd say it'd make a fantastic barbecue beer. I would imagine it's pretty cheap out there because, you know, they live on $1.25 a day, so I can't imagine that this is going to be very expensive. It's a proper dive bar type beer. It's a proper, you know, common common man beer. Not an ambassador beer. Not a not a ambassador reception beer. Do you reckon? What do you reckon El Salvadorian pubs are like? I can imagine for me it'd be like like a western, you know, sort of the opening flap. Oh, like saloon doors, sombreros. Yeah, that's probably lazy stereotyping, Mark. Um. I'm having to imagine it though. You know? I I would imagine it wouldn't be too much different to American bars because their currency is the dollar, so that so they'll be. It, it probably wouldn't look too much different to a, I don't know, a Mexican bar or a bar in sort of the south of the of the states, maybe in somewhere like I don't know. Mexico just come across while Texas. doing while doing some more research. Sorry to digress. Go on. Um, the worst teams of all time, part five. Ninety, team. yes, the nineteen eighty two World Cup El Salvador team. They made it to a World Cup. Yeah, ninety two. They've done two World Cups, nineteen eighty two, um, and seventy, I think it was. Um, yeah, they've done two World Cups. But look, you, at, look at the hair on that guy. Off a population, wow, that's a good throw. Isn't it, George? Off a population of, what, 7 mil, 
I guess they could. You could probably come up with a decent football team. It's like Wales getting people. to the semis of the yeah. Euros, wasn't it? It's a few doable, years isn't ago. It? It's doable, but it shouldn't be. I guess not. You know, like Northern Ireland when they were good in the eighties as well. It's a similar sort of yeah. theory, I guess, isn't it? Um, so yeah, so war was still raging in the homeland. This is eighty-two. El Salvador flew to Spain with heavy hearts. As always, war leads to corruption, and the football team was not immune to this. Only 20 players instead of normal 22 were on the plane to Spain. Um, and the Sal- Salvadorian Football Association decided to take a few friends who did some personal favours in exchange for two key players who helped El Salvador to qualify for the World Cup. These so-called friends were not members of the squad by any stretch. Conspiracies suggest that these friends had connections to the government and were guaranteeing safety from the war when the players returned home. But were they named in the squad? They must have been, yeah. So so basically it's like <laughs> if Gareth Southgate's like making a choice between like Trent Alexander-Arnold and Kyle Walker for right back and yeah. instead takes none and t- decides to take the Mitchell brothers <laughs> <laughs> to basically a couple of East End thugs yeah. he takes with him to basically... So the to friends, sort out other stuff. Yeah. Well, they're probably drug dealers, I'd imagine, aren't they? The friends used this trip to see all of Europe and used the World Cup as a paid vacation. The players were very upset about it and they tried to raise money to get their two comrades to Spain, but sadly they failed. Uh, more controversy ensued when they arrived in Spain. Adidas was, sent, was to send four white and three blue kits for each player. However, only three white and one blue arrived to the team. The players decided they would only play in the white and use the blue kits as a keepsake. It's later discovered that the association stole them and kept them for themselves. Fair First match was possible. against Hungary in Elche. It was it would be a match that was never a match that would never be forgotten. Um, they did score a goal. However, the bad news was that Hungary scored ten. Ooh, ouch! No team had ever scored ten goals in a World Cup match until Hungary pulverised them ten-one, and it is a record that still stands today. So yeah, there you can't go. see that getting beaten for a well. That's that's bad. So following the match, tempers flared within the El Salvador camp, and players had a strained meeting with the coaching staff in which harsh words, along with some pushing and shoving, ensued. Following this quarrel, Pipo Rodriguez, what a great El Salvadorian name, yep. was let go as manager after the first match in their World Cup. And in an unusual move, three players, Francisco Jovel, Norberto Huezo, and Ramon Fagoga took over the squad. Uh, it showed improvement in the next two matches but couldn't get the results he wanted. 1-0 defeat to Belgium and a 2-0 defeat to Argentina. And the World Cup was over. And they've never qualified since. There must be a documentary about that somewhere that I can If find. there's not, there should be. There should be, because that sounds turbulent. I just love the idea of basically saying, like, oh, getting the, whisper, the coach gets whispered in the air, oh, you can't take these two players, but you're going to take these guys instead. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Not even footballs. So the beer, what do you reckon? So yeah, barbecue beer, definitely. Definitely barbecue beer. Not I, ambassador. No, it's too it's too common. Um, but it's a kind of it's the sort of perfect like holiday type beer. Um, you know, uh, you, lying you on a beach on a sun lounger. Yeah, chilling out in. It's one, one of, of those their two capitals. Yeah, it's one of those beers that's um, great summer beer. Nice, easy to drink, smooth. It's, I mean, it's not, 
it doesn't have, say, the more um, interesting characteristics of other, other beers that we've had, or say a Cubanero, but I just think it's a rock solid... I mean, it, it, it says Pilsner on the label. That, that's basically, the, it's the Ron Sealer beers, isn't it? You know that you're going to enjoy it. It does exactly what it says on the bottle. If it's you go into Pilsner. a spa shop in El Salvador, of which there will, will undoubtedly be one, mm. you're going to pick that out because it's a Pilsner. It does what it says on the tin. That's all you need. It's the Ron Sealer beer. It is absolutely the Ron Sealer beer. Yes. It does exactly what it says on the tin. And with that note, do you reckon we should rate it? I think so, yeah. Let's rate it. I just need to finish this by Yeah, you've got your papusa. Sorry. That means you've only got one hand free. Five and under. It'll be more than a five, trust me. Right, okay. Are you ready? Yes. Right. Three, two, one, go. Oh, I've gone seven, you've gone eight. 7.5. Seven and a half, you've got seven and a half. Straight down the line. Yeah, let's go. I'm happy with seven and a half. I think that's a fair rating. Yeah, seven and a half. Right, nice. Well, that's been El Salvador, um, and I think we'll, uh, we'll, hmm, or shall we give the listeners something more? I think we should make them wait a week. Let's make them wait a week. We've got another beer coming up, but we're going to tease you and, and, and let you wait yeah. a week or two. It's going to be an unmissable beer, this one, though. You're really going to want to come back for it. Well, we hope so. We've not yeah. had it yet. Thanks again for listening. Um... Shorter one today, but um, but we'll be back um, soon with another beer. Um, Mark, where can people find us on the socials? At FTLOB Pod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please, please, if you can get any of the other beers for it, if you're going on holiday, not that you will be anytime soon, but if you do, bear it in mind, please bring us some beers back. We would really appreciate it. <laughs> we're getting desperate now. Yeah, we're, we're very desperate, like we always have been. Thanks again for listening, and uh, take care of yourselves wherever you are. Bye-bye. Oh! Do is drink beer for breakfast